0: Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. Get together about twice a week and chop it up with one of the other staff members here and hopefully encourage you with whatever's going on in their life that they're chewing on that's challenging them, convicting them, or encouraging them. Impart that to you. This week we have Sean Duncan. I'm back once again. Uh, The man, the myth, the legend. He has returned, graced us with his presence. And uh, I'm sure that our, our hearts and minds will be all the better for it. How maybe, are you, Sean? Maybe. Oh, I'm doing good. You, you're um, all bound up in a in a Oh, in a sweater? sweater. Yeah. I thought you meant like emotionally. No. <laughs> I mean that Relationally. Too, you're, yeah. you're so closed up. <laughs> <laughs> I am clothed
1: up. <laughs> yeah, I've had this uh, sweater for nine
0: years. It's a good looking sweater.
1: Yeah, it's held up great. I wear it all the time. It's from Pac Sun. And mm. I bought one when I was in college and they were having, it was this crazy deal where it was buy one, get one free for sweaters, and just for like anything in the store. Oh, wow. It just had to be the, the thing that you got for free had to be of equal or lesser value. Like, okay. obviously you can't get the free thing. That's more expensive. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And at first I think I'd either, I think I found this or the other item. And I guess so I got this and a bomber coat Ooh. and then they're both, they're both really, really nice. And, on their own, each of them were $70, and there's no way I would ever spend $70 on a piece of clothing, especially in college.
0: It's outrageous.
1: But I was like, well, two of them. It's like 35 <laughs> each, and these are really nice. And it was around Christmas time, so I was like, it's kind of like a Christmas <laughs> present to, Christmas me. to me. Christmas to me.
0: Yeah. I like but it. But it keeps
1: me really warm, especially in your icebox.
0: Yeah. I know. The temperature in here is unpredictable. Yeah. It's either I'm sweating or... I'm comfortable, but none of my guests are. Um, so what are you bringing today? It's a surprise to me. I'm it is a surprise.
1: I have not told you whatsoever. All right. So I've been reading through the Bible again. Go go figure. Do a yeah. Bible project. And uh, well, I just thought that we would talk about like one of the most obscure and untalked about passages in the entire Bible. At least like that's my assumption. Okay. Okay. How familiar are you <laughs> with with Exodus chapter four.
0: Of course, Exodus. Everyone knows Exodus yeah, chapter four.
1: Exodus chapter four. They know the first part where <laughs> Moses is talking to God in the burning bush. Okay, there we but go. But what about towards the end where there's that whole thing with Zipporah circumcising someone and then touching Moses's feet? Of
0: course. I mean, I'll let you explain it, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. I'm what gonna what re- a bizarre experience. I'm gonna read it, okay, and we'll just talk about it.
1: It'll be be a ton of fun. And I bet this is the perfect platform where this would be edifying. Okay. (laughs) Here it is. Exodus chapter four verse. uh, Let me actually set the context. So God has um, revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush and he's commissioning Moses to go back to the land of Egypt to liberate the people and deliver them out of slavery from Egypt. Mm -hmm. So he says, I'm going to send you back. And then it would seem like he was sent back in verse 20. It says that Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey. And he went back to the land of Egypt and Moses took the staff of God in his hands. Great. He went back. Okay. But then you get like this new story about like, well, while they were on their way. So here's the story verse 24 through 26. This is on their way to Egypt at a lodging place on the way. The Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was then that she said, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. (laughs) What? The Lord Lord said to
0: Moses, and then the story just continues. Okay. so So the Lord shows up and wants to kill Moses? Well, that's
1: part of the ambiguity. it says the lord the Lord met him mm-hmm. and sought to put him to death. We don't know the hymn we know Moses is one of the hymns,, mm-hmm. the uh, son is <laughs> and the son is, yeah, yeah. also it said that he had sons, mm-hmm. but we've all i think I'm pretty sure as I'm recalling it, we've only been introduced to his first son, which is Gershom, okay. Yeah, there's no mention of the son's name. We know that the son is in the story because Zipporah circumcises his son, mm-hmm. circumcises her son. And then it says, and touched, it, 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 in Hebrew it actually doesn't say, and touched Moses' feet. It just says, and touched his feet with it. Hmm. Like, what the heck does that mean? But what us that that's most likely Moses, is because it's immediately at that point that she says, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. Okay. So, like, who is Zipporah married to? She's married to Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, who's, who does God want to kill? Why does God want to kill them? Why is this the solution? <laughs> How does Zipporah know to do this?
0: What in the world?
1: Isn't okay. It so weird.
0: That is, yeah, you're right. That is one of the most bizarre and probably obscure passages that I've ever heard of. And
1: somehow, after this circumcision and Touching of cut off foreskin to someone. God's like, fantastic. As you were. As you were. Yeah, carry on. Carry on. Huh. And carrying on to where? Right. Well, we know where they're going. To Egypt.
0: And why are they going to Egypt? To demand freedom from Pharaoh. deliver the people. Yeah.
1: So there is an agenda. Like, yeah.
0: There is an agenda. There's something we can start putting this together Yeah. With. Isn't it so weird? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So, we have a biblical context to understand circumcision. Yes. The mark of the covenant. Yep. The mark of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. Yep. And that it's was an a,
1: important thing to them. Yep. It's a cutting off of the flesh of the male member. hmm Yep. Given in uh, Genesis chapter 17, It all all those who are in a part of the Abrahamic covenant bear this sign. Those who are in Abraham's household, both his, uh, his genetic descendants and those who... He acquires by money, like someone who's a Gentile, but he purchases them. They actually get to be a part of this too. And mm-hmm. they get circumcised also. Yeah. So there is a context. Like okay. You're saying.
0: So the implication being that M- Moses's son, at least singular son, is on his way back to Egypt, uncircumcised mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. God shows up and is like, not on my watch. Yeah. It Do we have any like examples of this happening elsewhere in scripture around circumcision? Well, there is. The, the question is like, well, why
1: does it need to be, it seems like it's being applied to Moses, right? That's like what the touching, right? right? touched. The tu- it's being touched. Mm-hmm. So it's like being applied to him. So um, one of the questions is who's the one who's not circumcised? Is it Moses or is it Gershom? Mm-hmm. His son. Um, Moses was with his mom and his dad for three months before he was put in the basket and hidden away. And Hebrew boys are supposed to be circumcised on the eighth day. Right. Um, so he was definitely in the house long enough to have been circumcised. However, there was also mass genocide taking place because Pharaoh was killing all of the Hebrew boys. So yeah. maybe maybe he didn't get circumcised, like out of to protect his life. You know, yeah, and identify identifying mark. Um, yeah. So there is a um what's called an Egyptian circumcision that was practiced at this time which is a it's a slicing of the foreskin not a removing of the gotcha. foreskin. Okay. Um and there's actually even a mention similar of this in the book of Joshua. Um let me actually pull up the reference real quick cuz it's it's really really interesting. Um let's see how can I find that real quick. Exodus 4. Let me see. So in the book of Joshua, it's 40 years after the Exodus. The second generation is going in to the promised land. And when they go into the promised land in Joshua chapter 5, I'll just read it for you. Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, Make flint knives. Same thing that Zipporah had. Okay. Flint knives. Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Ha'aroloth.
0: A second time.
1: A second time. So um, one thing that like scholars think is going on here is may, they, maybe what it means by second time is it's actually referring to second generation. It's actually a, but that's a less likely option here. Okay. Um, what's probably more likely is because this is the second generation. They were, they were little babies. They were under the age of twenty when the Exodus event happened. Mm-hmm. That's why they're second generation. What's more likely is probably. Um, Egyptian circumcision was being practiced a, gotcha. a slicing of the foreskin rather than a removal of the foreskin so it, it's yeah they are getting circumcised a second time as it were but mm-hmm. this is actually a true like Hebrew circumcision of removing the foreskin okay so so yeah so going back to Zipporah and Moses maybe Moses was had an Egyptian circumcision but okay. not the actual covenant sign circumcision okay. Um, and in which case he needs to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he never circumcised Gershom, his responsibility of raising up a Hebrew son. Either way, someone's not circumcised and that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um. So one thing you mentioned is like, okay, well we, have, we have a framework for circumcision, mm-hmm. which is the covenant of Abraham. So one thing that it actually starts keying us into, because Moses is about to be the deliverer of the people, right. but the deliverer of the people is not, above or like superior or superseding the covenant. Yeah. Like he is also uh, in submission to this covenant. Mm-hmm. He has to be under it as well. So he's not like a rogue, a rogue guy going, right. going about this. Um, let's see, what other weird details do we have? So God wants to put him to death. Right. Whoever that is. And the solution is um, circumcision, which is a, a function of priests to circumcise.
0: Interesting.
1: And Zipporah does it. Yeah. How does Zipporah know what to do, how to do it? Mm-hmm. What do you think?
0: Huh, that's interesting. It's interesting that there's so little detail here because <laughs> I, have, I have all kinds of curiosities. Yeah. But it's know. here in the Bible. Right. So it's got to be here for a reason. Right. You know, my, my instinct is, well, I'm curious that she wasn't punished for for overstepping her boundaries mm-hmm. or for t- assuming the role mm-hmm. or responsibilities of a priest. Um, I'm curious of Moses's failure either for his own circumcision or for his son's circumcision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it is interesting that it was her that did it. Mm-hmm. Where was Moses? What was Moses doing? Right. <laughs> um you know, was was this an example of he was abdicating his responsibility and so she took charge and mm-hmm. did what needed to be done. And then f- the final thing for me leads to why was his feet, why were his feet touched <laughs> with the foreskin? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that a piece of the conversation? Yeah, what's going on with the feet? <laughs> I'll, I'll,
1: I'll tell you what's going on okay. with the feet. I actually, I have a confident answer for Do that you? One. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you remember who Zipporah's dad is, I don't. Uh, Jethro. I'm going to watch the Prince of Egypt again. Jethro. Uh, he also ha- has another name, um, Reuel. Okay. And he's the high priest of Midian. Hmm. Her oh. dad is a priest.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Her da- <laughs> <laughs> he said high priest of Midian and looked at me knowingly and I'm like, I don't know anything about the high priest of Midian. Oh, except it's a high he's, priest. A, he's a priest, yeah. yeah. So it's like, she grew up with a priest as her dad. Okay. like So she's been somewhat familiar. It's almost
1: as if she's like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Midian, who are the Midianites? The Midianites uh, are descendants of Abraham. Okay, Abraham doesn't just have Ishmael and uh, Isaac; he also has a handful of children. He has uh, a son named Midian, and he has a son named Midian, and they from them come the Midianites and the Midianites. Okay, so th- the these this people group that. That Moses marries into. Zipporah is a descendant of Abraham. Okay. This is Abraham's family. Interesting. Yeah. And the covenant sign of circumcision was given to Abraham. Right. And his household. Yeah. So her father being the priest. Her father being the priest, who's also a descendant of Abraham, seems to know
0: about circumcision.
1: Yeah. She she knows what's going on with circumcision.
0: Interesting. Even though they were not with the Jews proper in Egypt. They would be called Israelites. So Okay.
1: This is a side rabbit trail. Yeah. We don't we don't refer to the people group as Jews or to Jewish people until after the return from Babylonian exile because the the only uh the the kingdom was divided, northern okay. and southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. The northern kingdom was called Israel. They're taken out in 722 BC by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom was called Judah. Okay. And they are taken out by Babylon in 586 BC, but they return. Okay. So they, Is it's only word? the kingdom of Judah, oh. Judahites, or Jewish people. So when we say Jewish, we're actually referring to the people group post exile.
0: Huh. I didn't but realize that.
1: But before that, we call them Israelites because that's the tribe, the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, the better um, to refer to like Midianites under that umbrella, they're descendants of Abraham or they're Hebrews. Okay, and that's actually tracing it all the way back to Genesis chapter ten. Um, from Eber or Heber comes the Hebrews, okay. the descendants
0: who are called he- Hebrew people. Okay, yeah, interesting. That was a total side. No, that's great. Yeah, I didn't realize she... that, that. Okay, back to Zipporah. Yeah, So she, <laughs> so she knows all about this stuff. She. Kn-
1: it was presumably. Seem- it would seem so. Her yeah. dad's a priest, um, and her dad is a priest, and they live at. The mountain of God in Horeb, which is hmm. Mount Sinai.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So, like, she literally lives at Mount Sinai. Okay. And that's why Moses has this encounter in the first place, because it's the mountain of God in
0: Horeb, which is where she and her father lived. That's so fascinating that we see God interacting with a segment of his people who are in, imprisoned in Egypt mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But you have these other Hebrews. Totally. That are hanging out at Mount Sinai. Yeah.
1: And they play like a pivotal role in the redemption narrative. And then uh, Jethro, he's really helpful for Moses in some critical times. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who suggests to to Moses in Exodus 18, off the top of my head, if I'm remembering correctly, to, he says, Hey, you should set up some elders to help you govern the people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. After. Elders, judges who yeah. help. help. <laughs> like that's super important. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then. I think it's Zipporah's brother. So Moses's brother-in-law is also really helpful through the wilderness wanderings. So it's like, they play a really pivotal role. Wow. Uh, it's always, the story of scripture has always been about God bringing blessing to the nations. Mm-hmm. Always. Through right. Through. Okay. So she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It would seem she does a priestly role and doesn't seem to, that doesn't seem to be a, uh, a bad thing in this, in this one scenario. She, sure. And she, um, so effectively she's delivering Moses. Mm-hmm. She is delivering the deliverer. Yeah. Ah, interesting that is interesting hmm. we could go down that a little bit more but we don't have the time okay she also calls him a bridegroom of blood what the frick does that mean you know? Right. know yeah. what does that mean what does it mean um yeah it sounds uh grim yeah it yeah it's just like it's a weird phrase honestly scholars like don't have a huge amount of confidence on what they think it means mm-hmm um but i think the best option which does make the most sense to me um that's like the humble opinion is that um in the logical flow of an israelite's life uh you're circumcised when you're 8 days old mm-hmm. you get married when you're an adult mm-hmm. so you're a bridegroom of blood like the the, lo- the logic is you're circumcised before marriage okay they were married and maybe moses wasn't circumcised so it's as if this act is riding the ship of hmm. of the progression that moses Went through. It's like it's like it's renewing, um, the the disordered, um, pattern of yeah. his life to marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's like riding the ship for him. Yeah. To where it's, it's like now, now it's as if you were circumcised before we were married. Yeah.
0: yeah and, it, and maybe that's what's going on. And and it seems to be that that understanding could apply whether it was Moses or his son, because mm-hmm. he there was still something disordered. Yeah. Both, both yes,
1: sides. but the. She says, "You were, you are now, surely a bridegroom of blood to me." Oh, yeah, yeah. So the okay. bridegroom of blood is specifically about it. Moses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's like, we've gone tons of different places. Let's bring it all together with that phrase. Touch the feet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the most uncomfortable episode. Ever. Yeah.
1: You, usually, in in when I'm teaching or even in these moments, I'm like. I'm like picture this or imagine this with me and
0: <laughs> this don't is a, do it. No. Don't do it.
1: But now you're going to. Okay. Oh, so,
0: no.
1: um, Zipporah circumcises her son. Mm-hmm. And then what is most logical in the text is that she then uses, she takes the foreskin that's just been cut off and she touches it to quote unquote the feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to refer to someone's feet is actually a Hebrew euphemism. Um, you can refer to the legs or mm-hmm. the feet. Um, and you know what's in between a man's legs and feet. Right. His genitals. Right. Yeah. So it's actually a euphem it's it's most likely here being used at euphemistically for huh. genitals. Okay. So um it's just it's so weird, right? It, but yeah, she, she touches his you know, his his feet. Um so the thing between the feet, it's like it's being applied to Moses Okay. through some sort of contact. Okay. Like by proxy, now Moses is circumcised. Well, why can't Moses have just been circumcised? Yeah. Well, he's going to Egypt to deliver the people. We got to go. Yeah. And it takes a while as an adult to heal from circumcision. I would imagine. In fact, it takes so long that in the book of Genesis, there is that story where, um, where the men defile Dinah, hmm. um, and, simeon and levi they like trick them they're like well we'll we'll enter into an agreement with you but you guys all have to get circumcised so they all get right. circumcised and then they roll in and they slaughter all the men in the town mm-hmm. like it hurts yeah you know <laughs> it takes a long time to take so we gotta get the show on the road um so moses is being circumcised as it were through imputation
0: Oh, wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. This is starting to come together now. It's starting to come together. It's <laughs> so like there there are lots of things in this text where we're just like, we don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's confusing. But what we do know is and what we it, it does seem to to show us is that Moses is receiving this this status, this um, identity mm-hmm. um, this um, position before God and it's being imputed to him it's not actually it's not physically true of him mm-hmm. but it's becoming actually true of him through imputation and by imputation I mean the opposite of amputation you know you could amputate an arm yeah. cut it off imputate you're putting something on mm-hmm. so he's receiving this even though it wasn't actually done to him and mm-hmm. and through this cutting off of flesh um, judgment is spared Huh. And his life is delivered, all all in these ways. Um, you know, later we're also going to have things that are as almost imputed, uh, as it were. There's going to be these goats in the Book of Leviticus, mm-hmm. Day of Atonement, where the high priest just puts his hands on a goat mm-hmm. and confesses the sins of Israel over that goat, and all of a sudden it's as if that goat now carries all the sins of the people. And it's been imputed. Right. And then later in Numbers, there's going to be this story about these crazy snakes that are coming in and fiery snakes that are biting people and the people are dying. And the solution is going to be to lift up a bronze snake in the wilderness. And everyone who looks at the snake, Mm -hmm. they'll be saved. That gets imputed to them through this sort of contact. And then ultimately, Jesus says that just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up and all who believe will be saved Hmm. and that's imputed righteousness. It's, it's not, it's not true of us physically or in our natural state, but through some sort of contact and the contact is made through belief. We are, we receive the status and the identity of righteousness that's being imputed to us. And this is a story of imputed status. Mm -hmm. So it is a precursor, a foreshadowing. Proto imputation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Proto imputation. Yeah. So, um, at least, what it tells us is that God is willing to allow um, status to be imputed to someone mm-hmm. That's something that's not physically or generally true about yourself in your own nature—allowing something to be imposed upon you through the mm-hmm. act of someone else.
0: Wow! Yeah, that is not where I thought we were going.
1: Yep, with this. <laughs> okay, let me let me let me just give you one more one more go. Okay. So this is how like this the story of the plagues begins. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. And weird. Super yep. weird. Um, but someone's about to die in the story. Someone there is threat that God is going to put someone to death. Mm. And um, the solution is to to shed the blood of the firstborn, and then it somehow covers for the life mm-hmm. of Moses. Do you remember what the f- tenth and final plague is? Mm-hmm. God showing up to bring death to the firstborn son. Right. But then through the shedding of the blood of a lamb, it covers each household of the Israelites. Yeah. It is a foreshadowing of the 10th and final plague. Yeah. Like Moses goes through the 10th and final plague and he's covered by blood going into it. By the blood of the
0: covenant. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. What an another just astonishing and surprising example of how even in these strange places in scripture, God is telling us something yeah. important and intentional yeah. and it's not a uh, listener. You decide for yourself, but for me, this isn't cryptic. This isn't esoteric. This isn't like some secret. Like once you really start to ask questions and you have a really good grasp on the, the larger picture of scripture, you can start asking these things. Of what you're reading. Yeah. It's definitely weird.
1: (laughs) It's definitely weird.
0: (laughs) weird. (laughs) Like this is such a
1: weird text and I don't imagine I'll ever hear a sermon on it. And I don't, (laughs) and I hope I don't hear a sermon on it. It's it's just weird. Unless someone preached all of Exodus Mm four, but it's just, it's weird. It's super weird, but it's in our Bible Mm -hmm. and God doesn't speak for no reason. Right. He speaks so that that we would listen to him and have life. So something in this is, is actually giving me life. Yeah, I think when I slow down and just like ask those questions, like, "Well, who is Zipporah and uh, what what is she doing? Why does she know to do this?" And I can actually go to different spots in the text and find answers. Like I don't I don't have to create any of these answers. Right. And the spots where I'm like, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know yeah. who God wanted to kill here. It's Moses or it's Gershom." Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's just things like I don't know in the text, and that is okay. You don't need to know everything to have at least some sort of clarity of the direction it's pushing
0: us. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Get circumcised or die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm always bringing it back. Practicality. (laughs) Um, Well, I I really appreciate the reminder of just the cohesiveness and the beauty and depth of God's word. And I appreciate you explaining it in a way that shows people you can all do this. Mm -hmm. This is available to you. It's in your Bible. You've got it. Yeah. Your fingertips. So, well, Sean, um, this has been a treat. (laughs) Listener, I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope it's been a fun and strange jaunt for you as well. And uh, we will get you guys next time. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So, please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.